Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. The Afterword's our weekly podcast where we dive in and talk about what we didn't get to talk about in the previous week's message. This week we started a brand new sermon series called The Wise Life, in which we're examining the topic of wisdom, biblical wisdom. What is it and how do we get it? So here to talk about the first week is my friend Jay Kim. We're going to dive into wisdom, what it means, what it doesn't mean, and how we can get more of it. Again, as the tagline of the series says, we want to live a life with better decisions and fewer regrets. So with that, let's dive right in. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to The Afterword. I'm here with Jay Kim. Jay. Hey. What's going on, man? Not much. We're jumping into a brand new series. Brand new series. Crazy. The, the Wise Life. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start off with a question for you. I was actually going to call this series The Wise Men and have six weeks <laughs> on whether or not James Wiseman will be an NBA all-star oh. or just an absolute dud out of the league. You just lost years. 30% of our audience, I maybe know. 50. No more NBA basketball talk. We'll get back to the... <laughs> okay, so we are in the middle of a new series called The Wise Life. Before yes. we get into that, um, I-, I wanted to ask you some questions real quick. Okay, okay, so you and I both, I think we read the same article. It was the article about why people are acting so weird. Oh, yeah. By Olga Kazan in The Atlantic. In the Atlantic, yeah. And it was a fascinating, she interviewed so a whole bunch of sociologists. <laughs> yeah. And the idea is that that social bad behavior is not just on the rise, but it's like spiking in yeah. like alarming ways. Yes. Like car crash due to overaggressive driving. Yes. Um, FAA investigations into unruly behavior in airplanes is up 494%. Crazy. Drug overdoses, car thefts, um, even uh, hospitals like giving nurses panic buttons. Yeah. Not for their patients. (laughs) No. But for them. For violent For violence against them. Yeah, angry, yeah. Schools are reporting significant increases in disruptive classroom behavior. And even, this is weird, uh, dark homicides are up 40%. But even even before that, like... um, Aggravated assaults are up um, right. in dramatic ways, 25%. Um, so, and then, of course, probably one of the, even culturally, we had the the slap, the Will Smith and Chris Rock oh, yeah. violent altercation, which yes. was in front of all, which is another example of, like, these kind of, um, these things happening. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> bad behaviors on the rise. Uh, there's a sense in which this series is like, have you seen this, by the way? Have you seen bad behavior? Like in your life, has something like that happened to you? Have you been on a plane or? Yeah, I mean, I've been on planes a, a, a decent amount in the last couple of years. And I, yeah, I definitely feel it. it, it not necessarily like a lot of violence or anything, but I have encountered um, anger from passengers toward, you know, the stewardess or whatever. Uh, and definitely just even at the gates, you know, there's yeah. a sort of collective sense of distrust or mistrust of one another and a sense of on edge angst. Yeah. On edge, sort of a, a buzzing annoyance that seems yeah. to reside collectively amongst everybody that I think exists in a way that maybe it didn't before the pandemic. Um, I was on a plane and it had to turn around. Oh, uh, we were on the tarmac. And uh, they had to go back to the gate because of a passenger who refused to, like, comply with um, uh, one of the stewardesses' 
um, instructions. And then also was super mad that they didn't serve alcohol was like super duper mad. And then was like going to bring their own alcohol out. And the, and so we had to turn back and that was at, uh, that was in uh, John Wayne airport in SoCal. Wow. And, and then, but also it's just, I've also seen, I, I feel the same way. Like in line at the grocery store, yeah, people are short and sharp with each other. Right, I've seen like weird altercations. Like, yeah. hey, you cut. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't cut. I was, I was. I mean, this is my mom. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, and then they start yelling at the kid, and it's just like, what, what, what is happening in Chipotle? There were, I saw, I almost saw a full fudge fight. Oh my this gosh. woman started yelling and screaming curse yeah. words at this older couple that you know they kind of asked them to you know stay back, stay Jeez. six feet back, and Holy they're like, all, all right, yeah. all right. Yeah. So it's just kind of now that's anecdotal. It's not sure. scientific. But I don't know if there is a federal way to study general jerkish behavior <laughs> across, yeah. in Chipotle's across right. the nation. But, yeah, I but don't know. part of that it ties into why you I think you why you wanted to do this series. Like Yeah. Um so you want to talk about why the series even uh jumped up on your radar and, and yeah. kind of your thought processes behind yeah, that. Yeah, well I, I I mean, first of all, I think long before the pandemic most people live unwisely <laughs> when we're really honest with ourselves. I think sure. we would agree. Like we, we make on, un- I mean, I would admit that, you know, I, there has been, um, a very distinct lack of wisdom in my life for long stretches of my life. By God's grace, I've had moments where, you know, I think I made some wise choices and such, but, um, even then, and I would say I'm probably in a, a better place now than I've ever been in terms of, you know, making sound decisions, you know, godly decisions. But even then, I would say, oh, man, I sure could use more wisdom, you yeah. know. And I think that's true for most people, if not everyone, at least listening to this podcast. I actually think if you're listening to this podcast, it reveals something about you that either... Um, you're drawn to our voices. And, <laughs> which is weird. Which is weird. really unwise. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you're really unwise or yeah right yeah. you're trying to uh, get a little bit more wisdom in your life yeah, yeah. you're you're and unfortunately curious. you've come you to this learn. podcast so it's an empty well <laughs> where we apologize <laughs> so yeah um so uh, that was a big part of it sure but yeah you're right i think culturally the moment we're in uh i'm not saying a lack of wisdom is the singular problem leading to all of that which is broken in our lives and in our world there's all sorts of other things yeah but certainly a lack of wisdom um is a big part of that yeah i think we would all do better um to to pursue wisdom more intentionally well you've written about this too Uh, both of your books analog church and analog christian are kind of about how we've lost our wisdom about the soul, about the way things work. Wisdom is slow. Yeah. Uh, in a world that's very fast. Right. Wisdom is discerning in a world full of inf- disinformation and flooded with information. Yeah. Um, so there's a sense in which our cultural uh, drift or the, the forces of culture actually work against wisdom. Yeah. You know, that's a great point. I think that in the information age, you know, we, we might call it the digital age um, as well. But in the information age, which runs longer than the digital age. Right. Um, we've come to believe that wisdom and knowledge or wisdom and information are the same thing. They are. Correct. That's, <laughs> that's 100% right, right? The more information you have, the more wisdom. Is that not right, Jay? Yeah. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's so problematic. It's so, you know, it's so and it's so wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's so wrong. I just read this article by Arthur Brooks, I think. 
and he differentiates. Um, it was either Arthur Brooks or David French. I don't remember, but an article by one of them, and they they differentiate, and they say. Um, he's he's actually talking about uh, two types of knowledge. It's called um, it's it's actually a psychological term, uh, fluid knowledge and crystallized knowledge. Okay, and uh, there it's kind of complex, but. Um, it's a neurological thing where certain types of knowledge exist fluidly in your mind and certain types of knowledge actually crystallize. And it usually comes just by way of experience and age. So after you make certain types of decisions or gain certain types of knowledge, some of that knowledge crystallizes. And it actually isn't until it crystallizes that the knowledge can transfer to a sort of paradigm that allows you to live wisely. Whereas fluid knowledge is always is, changing, is just the ability to problem solve on the spot, and and I'm pretty sure it was Brooks. The argument he is making, he was actually talking about Silicon Valley. Oh, and he's got this great line. He says, "In America, we have tons of and we adore innovation, but what we actually need is wisdom." So. Mm. And, and the neurological way of saying it is we admire fluid knowledge or problem solving, problem solving. But what, but we, what need... we really need is crystal crystallized knowledge. And the way he describes it, he says, um, we admire those who can solve problems. But what we really need is to know which problems to actually solve. Oh, man. So we're even Wisdom. unwise. We put a ton of energy into solving problems that maybe we don't even need to solve. Yeah. And. Ignoring problems we that are really, really big. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is really big. So um, all of those things, a confluence of all those thoughts yes. sort of melded into this, this series. Yeah. Now yeah. we, we worked hard to get a definition yeah. uh, of wisdom. And we, t- I think we talked about this for 30, 30 minutes, probably going back and forth. Yeah. Probably longer. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, but what we landed on was we wanted to stay away from again, fluid and dynamic, right? We wanted to stay away from the idea that wisdom is a static set of principles to help you solve problems. Yeah, or solutions to problems. Right. Yeah. So wi- wisdom is not how to get a better this or how to get a better that, but it's a dynamic gift from God. So yes. we put that in because wisdom is not just a gift of God. It's actually part of his character. Yeah. It's yeah. who God is. True wisdom right. is a gift from God. Yeah. Helping us lead, that helps us lead worthwhile lives. Yeah. And these words are intentional. So you want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I, I think... Um, there's all sorts of other words for that sort of fluid knowledge, the yeah. ability to solve problems. And what we're not saying is that that's unimportant. It's actually critically important. Sure. Um, but wisdom is something different. Deeper. Yeah, it's deeper. Yeah. It's uh, It resides at a part of the soul that actually lives um, at a different pace than the part of us that is solving problems all the time. Yes. Um so wisdom is, yeah, you're right. All of those words are, are intentional. It's a dynamic gift. So it's not a static gift. What, what we intend to mean is that it's not an instruction manual we are handed. Right. And that instruction manual gives us every answer we'll ever need for if any this, problem. If this, then that. No, it's yeah. not that. Yeah. It's a dynamic gift. It's alive. It's breathing. It's moving. It's fluid. It it moves with us. It can flow in it like water, you know, sort of flow in and out and around all of the different circumstances and situations we encounter in life. And it's also a dynamic gift 
from God. It's that's why it's dynamic because right. it's not a gift that's you know sort of like. You know, it's not an instruction manual from Ikea. You pay fifty nine ninety nine and get a chair and you get an instruction manual with it. No, it's a gift that's given by a dynamic living being, you know, the God of the universe. For a dynamic living being, us. Yeah, and, and right. wisdom is a characteristic of God. Yes. So we're not just talking about any sort of wisdom. We're talking about godly wisdom, the sort of wisdom that comes and derives and finds its origins in the God of the universe. Um, and wisdom is intended, again, not primarily to just solve individual problems. It's intended to help us live and lead and build and craft worthwhile lives, yeah. you know, which is really at the end of the day, the reason we solve problems is in hopes of having a worthwhile right. life. And wisdom is interested in that. Well, wisdom, even the word in Hebrew, it translates a little bit into the word skill. Yeah, That's, yeah, it's the word chokmah. We talked about this in chokmah. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, it's it it is very much the word skill. Yeah, it's uh, it's a word that would have been applied to craftsmen in the ancient world, yeah. like uh, stonemasons who right. were crafting shapes and right. you know functional pieces. They would have said, "Oh, that craftsman has a lot of chokmah, wisdom or skill." So again, you would never say that about someone who knows a lot about uh, stonemasonry but has never actually right. put a chisel to the rock. You would only say that about someone like a, a car mechanic. You would never say that car mechanic is really skilled if that car mechanic was a student in mechanic school and had never been under the hood of a car and just read books about, you know? Right. That's not skilled. He's maybe knowledgeable, he may, he maybe knows a lot, like you and me, Dave. We are really knowledgeable <laughs> about NBA basketball, but, but we, are we skilled professional no, basketball players? We're not. No, we are not. No, we are not. We have no hokmah yeah. when it comes oh, to basketball. Interesting. We only have uh, knowledge, knowledge, information, interesting data, love, yeah. love. We love it. Yeah, that's but, different. Uh, not hokmah. Okay, so one of the things also that I found really interesting. I know you couldn't talk about this that much in, in the message was the idea that you can be brilliant and unwise. Yeah. Now that, to me, sounds counterintuitive. Yeah. Because brilliant people often build uh, either personal brands or or businesses that are very yeah. uh, uh, successful. Yeah. But they can be unwise. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Well, I mean, just think about the person you know. Most of us know this person or several of these people. Mm -hmm. Maybe we are these people. You know, the person you know who has been unfathomably successful in their career, let's say. Right. Uh, or a particular pursuit or passion, you mm -hmm. know. And maybe they're even iconic. You know, yeah. I'll just I'll use a safe example here. Um Michael Jordan, just to get back to NBA oh, wow. basketball, okay. you know, and I'm not making a statement. I don't know Michael Jordan personally, but uh, I do. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know, uh, but this is public. We, yeah, we yeah. Talked about this. Yeah, even. even if you aren't a basketball fan, there was this fantastic documentary a year or two ago, The Last Dance. Yeah, which is chronicling Michael Jordan's last year with the Chicago Bulls, and a lot was written about it. He is widely considered the most hokma skilled greatest basketball, basketball player, player in the history time. of yep. basketball. So, uh, and, and that's with basketball. 
So one way you would say it, one way lots of people have said it, would is that Michael Jordan is a brilliant basketball player. Actually, no one who knows basketball would argue that statement. In fact, you'd be a fool if you argued that sure. statement. Michael Jordan is a brilliant basketball player. He is. And a brilliant businessman with Nike and the development of yes. the partnership. So yeah. there's the business and, and money wealth generating side of him. He's a multi-billionaire. Right. He's worth billions of dollars. Right. He owns an NBA franchise. He right. has been utterly successful. But he himself personally has been on the record as saying... Um, that what we would consider some of the most meaningful parts of life, family, yeah. children, friends, maybe a spouse, friends, that he lacks in all those areas. Yeah. So uh, m- my statement would be Michael Jordan is brilliant, but in significant parts of his life, and I would argue the most meaningful parts of his life, he's been unwise. Wow. Right. And that's and that's what we're trying to avoid here with the sermon series. That's right. right. That we're trying to get away. From that, okay. Let me ask you a question here. Um, is it possible for someone there? There could be people listening, or certainly we know people in our own lives who um, they might grade at the idea that in order to be truly wise, you have to be a Jesus person. Mm. So they would say, "Well, these these principles that you're talking about, they're accessible to anybody." I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, the the kind of ideas and, and precepts. Is there is there like a general wisdom that's kind of for everybody, and then is there like a special wisdom that's only for people who are Christian, or like how how do you think about wisdom? Because it, you know, yeah, how, or even how does the Bible speak about yep. wisdom? How would you answer that question? Yeah, my argument as a follower of Jesus would be that the source of all true wisdom is God Himself. And that those who do not know God are far from God in multiple ways, not just with wisdom, but in many ways, um, they can tap into those good gifts of God. So I believe there are people who are really wise Mm -hmm. who do not know Jesus, do not have the Spirit of God in them. But their wisdom, I believe, is uh, them tapping into the sort of undeniable undeniable reality and flow of life as God meant it. So so they're tapping into a gift of God, even if they don't believe in a God. Right. Right. It's and a gift that they're enjoying from God, the God they don't even necessarily yeah, even believe in. But I would say it's incomplete. So I would say the same thing about justice. Anytime somebody... My son? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. You're talking the virtue <laughs> of justice. I'm sorry. Um, I would say anybody who enacts justice, embodies justice, sacrifices for the sake of justice is tapping into uh, a gift and characteristic of God, the God of the universe. Um, But to come to a full, complete, not only understanding, but embracing an embodiment Embodiment of that virtue virtue would be to come to a full, complete, whole understanding and embracing of the God from whom that virtue flows. Yeah. So I I do not think that those types of... um, undeniable human realities like wisdom and justice uh, because they are gifts of God and characteristics of God. I don't think they're ever detached from God, but can people who are far from God or don't know God be wise? Yes, absolutely. We know those people. I know those people. Um, And can people who know God and, and maybe consider themselves close to God or Christians or whatever, can they be unwise? Yeah. Like I know those people, me, I'm one of those people. I'm often unwise, you know? So, 
Uh, yeah, there you go. A lot more to say about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think about the verse in 1 Corinthians where Paul says, God chose what is low and despised in the world, and even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of yeah. you, of him, you who are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Yeah. And so he goes on to say that J- Jesus actually is wisdom. Mm. That, and there are certain things in Jesus's. This is this is why it's so interesting because Proverbs is like very like here's how life generally works for most people. Right. But then Jesus also sometimes layers on this stuff like um, a shepherd that leaves ninety nine safe and goes out for a one. Why would you risk so much for one? Yeah. And it's because it's it works. It's right. it's wisdom. That's what God does. Like yeah. Or he stares at the, you know, the the woman who's been forgiven much, and then the other person who does, who who who's angry at her presence, and it, so there's this uh, usurpation of wisdom that Jesus brings. Yeah. Um, and that that wisdom, or even just, I was thinking, um, a couple of years ago, there was a story of the 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 twelve boys who were stuck in the in the cave in Thailand, the soccer team. Yeah. They went spelunking, and then the rains came. Yes. The world sent so many resources. Yeah. I mean. Untold millions. I mean, of uh, it cost the life of one of the the, right. the divers in the tiny. There's Navy. a fantastic documentary there is. about it on yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, if anyone has, and it. it's really harrowing and really beautiful. Compelling, yeah. But it's and it's like, well, that's stupid. That's a waste of resources. But we're not in, sponsored by Disney. We're Plus, not. By the we're way, we're not. Even though I don't know if you. We open, love it Disney. as a family. <laughs> we think it's fantastic. It's worth the price. Go to Disney Plus backslash <laughs> Afterward Podcast for twenty percent off your first month. <laughs> Oh man! Two people uh, are actually going to type in that URL. It's, it's like, fake. It didn't work, Dave. Uh, yeah, Disney has no affiliation <laughs> with us. But um, but I, I remember I was like like literally crying. I was. Yeah, it was so really moving. moving yeah. It was so moving because it's wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, their lives are worth an inestimable amount of money. That's what this is. You know. Right. Um. You know, push to our edges. I think many it's one of the reasons why we have those types of stories and they always stand out. Yeah. I think a lot of people push to our edges, you know, being pushed to the edges of life like that has a way of cl- um, clarifying priorities. Yeah. When you watch that documentary. Yes. You realize all of these people, they they literally drop what they're doing. And yeah. some of the some of these people, what they're doing is really important. They just drop. <laughs> I it. think there was a surgeon. Yeah, right? he's hop the hop on plane. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Fly to remote Thailand and give up weeks of their lives, risk their lives. Yep. because it clarifies. And the reality is, those same people, two hours before they got that phone call that there was this these this group of kids, um, who might die in this cave, two hours before, they might have been standing in line at Starbucks. Um, waiting too long for their frappuccino and just getting so worked up and like, man, should I say, I'm going to yell at that barista. Like, what the heck? It's not that hard to make. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the brink of making an unwise decision because we all do that. Yeah. And there's a way in which you get pushed to your edges, you get a phone call and they say, there's a group, there's a, there's a young boys soccer team and they're going to die in a cave in Thailand unless you grab all your gear and fly here today. And in that moment, you know, for that person, the Frappuccino literally does not matter. Like at all. it could not matter any less. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's put in this proper and place. Not yeah. getting the Frappuccino, even though you paid four ninety five for it, mm-hmm. literally could not mean less than it means in that moment. Right. It's 
seriously just a zero yeah. in your life. Yeah. And I think wisdom is that. Wisdom in some ways is the capacity to live with a constant sense of that reality. Of the right priorities in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that what's helps us build worthwhile, meaningful lives. Exactly. Reprioritizing. Yeah. Okay. Now we're gonna delve into it. Ready? Yeah. We talked about uh the food pyramid. Yeah. Uh, and how the for year and you know if you're a new if you're a licensed nutritionist please don't write <laughs> us we don't know anything about nutrition we understand I it's, mean maybe it's outdated uh, or whatever but in general we all also know you can't be healthy if you only eat M and M's and Oreos right right that's the thing we talked about um and that we use Brett McCracken's fantastic yes. book the Wisdom Pyramid a yeah. great little read dear friend Brett McCracken you know Brett shout out to Brett you know Brett if he's listening I'm a little jealous I was just well, you're with a, Brett like a month ago you're a heavy hitter Santa so Anna. Brett the the Wisdom Pyramid it's so good we're using it all these years later so good it's yeah. so good so one of the things he says is that our information diet our wisdom diet yeah is off yes and just as we um, would become unhealthy if we overindulged in Oreos and M&Ms. Right. He says that's pretty much all our diet is. Yeah. And so he says we need to rethink our wisdom diet. Yeah. And one of the things he says is we are overindulging. The M&Ms and Oreos in his illustration is social media. Yeah. So now you've written about this. I was just reading an, a fabulous article by Jonathan Haidt. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you see this? Um, um, I think I've seen people cite it. I haven't read it yet. Dude, it's so good. You should read it. It's, in again, in the Atlantic. So we've referenced two articles in the Atlantic. Yeah, about- Jonathan Haidt, who's the co-author of a book called The Coddling of the American Mind. Right. A bit polarizing, but I found it really enlightening. Yes, and he's he's just a sociologist. Um, yeah. I don't think he's... Is, he's not a Jesus I don't person. think he's a Christian. I don't no. think he's a, a, a Christian. But he wrote... <laughs> the, our title, title of the article is Why the Past 10 Years of American Life have been uniquely stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Great title. So one of the things he says is he says that social media breaks real social bonds. Yes. Um, he said, we spend more time performing and less time connecting. Yes. Um, which you've written about an analog church, that yeah. the idea that somehow the, the thing that was made by technology to bring us together and yeah. connect us has actually ended up separating us. Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah. There's a, Another writer, Jerron Lanier. Oh, yes. You know, he's got a fantastic book called 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Right Now. That's the whole title of the book. Wow. Yes. And he gets to that. And I agree with him completely. Social media, you can say what you want. People have argued with me on social media about this. Yes. But I stand by my belief. And it's just my opinion. I think social media, by its very nature, is primarily a performative platform. And performative platforms, by their nature, are not, they do not breed authenticity and vulnerability. Right. Even that which seems vulnerable and authentic is on social media is, is, is primarily yeah. performative. So, a great example of this is the rise of the social media influencer. Like, why are the Kardashians famous? Um, because they're other than saying like they're attractive, they're really right? Pretty, but but like if I were to ask why, uh-huh. in terms of people want to be like them, pretty and rich, and and why is that? It's because they toe the line between inaccessible beauty and glamour and accessibility. 
Ah. And they're brilliant at this, right? So so they give you a little bit, but then they're also... Yeah, so one of the Jenner girls, uh, you know, one of the younger sisters, half-sisters, uh, I forget which one, I don't... Kylie or Kendall, I, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but one of them is a billionaire because she has a makeup line. Oh, that's Kylie, yeah. Okay, so Dave's that's... pretending like he doesn't no, know I mean... all things Jenner, but he's like, oh yeah, that's Kylie, well, it's $1.8 billion. No, because my um, daughter... You can buy her... Uh, my daughter walks by the... Her eyeshadow the, at Target the, the on aisle 76. Yeah, so. I have a teenage daughter, dude. <laughs> Come on, I know Kylie. Okay, so, so yeah, JL has made Kylie a, a No, she hasn't bought any. I wouldn't let her buy oh, her okay. makeup, you jerk. Okay, what I'm saying, though, what I'm <laughs> We're saying. We're sponsored by Kardashian Makeup. <laughs> Disney Plus. If you Kardashian. go to Kardashian.com <laughs> backslash afterward podcast, you'll receive 20% off your first order. <laughs> <laughs> We're kidding. The Kardashians are going to sue us now. I know. The, We're going to get sued. Disney and the Kardashians. Which is bad. We're messing with two power <laughs> empires. Please, if you're a mouse or a Kardashian, please don't sue us. But the reason, they, <laughs> the reason they've been so successful is they've brilliantly towed... I'm getting too nuts and bolts here, but I just think this stuff is fascinating. They've, they've towed the line brilliantly between inaccessible beauty and glamour and... Um, the the facade of of accessibility. Oh, They've yes. done that through their like air quote reality yes, television yes. shows. Oh, they they fight like I fight with my sister. Right. They're like oh they you know every now and then it's like oh they went and got McDonald's drive through just like I you know right. That's social media. It's it's it toes this line. It has this facade of real life, but it's in not. reality the it's whole not. thing's performative. Right. And um, and you're saying that does damage to us in wisdom. Yeah. Because it separates us from real life relationships. Well, it when we when we begin to see that filtered life as real life, we begin to see our own lives as a sort of version of a filtered life. So the way we think about making decisions becomes it becomes informed and shaped by the way things like social media and the Internet uh, and news media as well um, shape us, you know, yeah. shape our paradigms, and that's just he not says, a wise way. Hate, to hate writes uh, the new game. He's talking about social media. Does it encourages dishonesty? Yeah, and mob dynamics. Yes, and that's always bad. Yeah, always bad. <laughs> always bad. Uh, one more thing it does um, in in this article. Hate um, quotes James Madison, who wrote federal the, some of the Federalist Papers. Yeah, if you've listened to Hamilton, you know what that's. And uh, he says. Um, this is hundreds of years ago. Madison writes, there's an innate human proclivity toward faction. Mm. Our tendency to divide ourselves into teams or parties that are so inflamed with mutual animosity that they, quote, are much more disposed to vex and oppress each other than to cooperate for their common good. Yeah. And if anything is true in the social media world, this is, uh, you came to me, and this is, I'm just going to share this because, uh, we can. We came to me and you said, um, look, delete your social media stuff. Stop. Mm. You're actually, it's going to make it impossible for you to love the congregation you're trying to lead, trying to serve. Right. It's going to make you want to kick the sheep. Yeah, right. <laughs> you didn't say that, but that's what, and um, that has been very helpful. Mm. And 
I thought at first, well, no, Jay, you don't understand. I'm a really good writer. I can change people's minds on Facebook, right? On 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 Instagram, I can change. I can I can lead people to Christ-like visions of of the common flourishing of justice. And and what happened was so much mob mentality and pushback. Yeah, that it it was starting. It it was really doing damage. It was. Yeah, you know, if you were to go to a like gasoline. Right. Yeah. You can take gasoline and pump it into your car, and it makes your car move, like forward. Yeah. Progress. Yeah. Right? Movement. Or you can take that same gasoline and um, splash it all over like a fire, and just the fire will burn hotter and bigger. I think social media is a fire, not a gas station. So the more you you think it's like gas is good, gas will move things forward. It's like you're not pumping the gas into a car, like into a fuel so tank. So social media is, is a fire, not a car. No. Right. It doesn't yeah. move things forward. No. Right. Everything's burning. Yeah. And yeah. the more fuel you add to it, your intention is to move things forward. And it but just all you're doing yeah. is creating a bigger fire. So I, at, at least, again, this is just my opinion. Yeah, no. But and it's unwise. No. Social media is an unwise right. place. And so what I found is um, it's settled it began to, as I was taking a, not just a break, but actually I have this thing on my computer. Now I can go on Facebook for four minutes mm. and 58 seconds. Oh, wow. It's five minute countdown because sometimes I have to post things. Yeah. Yeah. I have to for post church. things for church. Yeah, and that's great. That and I have to do that. Yeah. I have to do that. But four minutes and 58 seconds per day. That's all I get. And then it blocks it. Right. Yeah. And Instagram gone. Facebook. Um, I, I don't post. I, yeah. There's no time. You know, I, I think I might've posted, once in the last six months, and it was about my car. Hey, does anyone know yeah. um, uh, a place to buy a and, car? Yeah, and I would say I'm. N- this is not a blanket statement against social media. For those types of things, or like when grandma posts, you yeah. know, pictures of her grandkids, and you know, there's helpful parts of it. Yeah, or you get reunited with an old friend from high school. You're like, oh my gosh, what the heck? No way, you know. Yeah, I'm talking about all the stuff. That you know exactly what I'm talking right, about. Right, I know the exactly. vitriolic, yeah. the outrage, yeah. anger, you know, opinionated co- social commentary. Well, can I tell you what I replaced it with? Yeah, three text strings. Oh. of close friends. Yeah. You're on one of them. Yeah. You know, it's right. uh, these groups where I share memes, share funny stuff, right. share funny thoughts, uh, process. Hey, man, I, did you see this news? Even the stuff with the Ukraine and right. Russia. Man, it was like really hard to figure out. Yeah. Oh man, is this World War Three? Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm so scared. Yeah. What's how do I how do I deal with this right. mentally? Processing that in safe places yeah. where real connection is formed. Right. So I've got these text strings, um, and now I have a new one with my children because my children now share memes with me yeah, and yeah. jokes with me, and we yep. talk about things. Hey, did you see this news story? Right. Um, that has been that social thing. So yeah. anyway, the point is that McCracken's trying to make is M and M's and Oreos cannot be your diet. Right. And even even on something like Twitter, which I think you and I used to use almost like a newspaper, mm-hmm. has turned into an outrage machine. Right. It's hot takes and anger and yeah. it it just devolves. Yeah. So we're just saying be super wise about that. And one of the best uses, one of the most uh, wise things you can do would be take a break for a month. Yeah. See what it does. Yeah. See what it does. Well, Andy Crouch has this great practice. He talks about uh, the one hour, the one day, the one week. What's that mean? Sort of Sabbath. So he suggests that one hour a day, you take a one hour a day, every day, digital Sabbath. So for one hour a day, turn off all digital devices. Not just social media, but just like everything. Your phone, your Every, laptop. All of it. All just of it. one hour a day. Yep. And if you can, 
try to turn take a one day Sabbath a week, a one day. Oh man! So like, pick a day, a Saturday. Got and it. Just spend time outside with your. You're family. saying no devices, read books, no yeah, for a whole day. Yep. Yeah, got it. And then he suggests for the for those who are really into it, a one week a year Sabbath, where for an entire week you just get away, go on a family trip, don't take your phone or take. Take your phone, but delete all your apps except yeah. the ones you'll need for Uber or yeah, whatever, yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I've never done the one week uh, a year. I'd, I'd love to. I think I'll, I want to try this this summer Yeah. Um, on a trip that my family's taking, so I think I'm going to do that. But I have done the one day in a month and the one hour a day. I do almost every day in the evening. Yeah. Um, I use a digital device, but it's my Kindle. iPad to read. To read, So yeah. I read, but... Uh, no social media, literally nothing. No email, yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really helpful. Yeah. It's really helpful because, again, it's like a diet thing. You yeah. know, you're inputting you yeah, other things. So. Well, if there's anyone here to talk about diet, it's me. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jay, thanks for that. We're going to we're going to spend weeks on this. Yes. So this is just the opening word yeah. of a longer conversation about yeah. what it means to build a wise life. Yeah. Uh, plumbing into some scripture, but also a really fun and engaging book that both of us found very helpful. Yeah. Andy Stanley's book, uh, Better Decisions, uh, Fewer, Fewer Regrets. regrets. Yeah. yeah. And yep. so we're going to we're going to talk about that. Um, this is the first in a in, in a long conversation that we're going to have. And uh, hopefully at the end of it, we can all be a little bit wiser. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Jay. Thank you. All right. Bye. Just want to say thanks to Jay Kim for stopping by. Join us next week when we dive into the first of five crucial questions that we'll be going through. Questions that will help us understand how we, you and I, can live a wise life. These questions kind of build on each other. And next week, uh, we're going to talk about the first one. It's going to be super fun. So join us for that next week. And thank you for seeking wisdom. And uh, we hope that you find a little bit of it in our podcast. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, we hope that you feel like you've made a wise decision by uh, downloading and listening to this. And we will see you next week.